everyone. Welcome back to Learn to Adult, the podcast guiding you to adulting better. My name is Abby, and you are in for the second part of a two-part interview. The first part was posted last week. Uh, we are talking to Jonathan, a professional chef. And everything from last week's episode was talking about all the awesome stuff you need for your kitchen when you get started. So this week's episode will be all about how to start cooking. He's got some loose recipes and some just some tips on how to get started. So if you're listening to this and you're getting ready to have your Valentine's Day date or going to cook for somebody, now this, you know, this might be a little bit helpful. Maybe, maybe you can agree to cook maybe next week. Maybe practice at least once before you start experimenting. But yeah. So this week we are talking about cooking. Yay! Finally, the, well, the proverbial meat and potatoes of the thing. Uh, we're going to be talking about basically how to start making dinner. Because I know that it, it's, it can be tough when you're just like, I don't know where to start. What do I do? And he walks you through it. Here are some simple things. Here are the puzzle pieces you need to put together. And once you start doing that, you can work on your grocery shopping, and then you can work on cooking some more. Cooking, grocery shopping, cooking, grocery shopping. And once you have that down, everything else is a lot easier. You pay your bills in the meantime. Adulting comes down to grocery shopping and cooking for yourself so you don't die. So, okay, so let's get into the second part of this interview. If you haven't listened to the first part, go back, listen to last week's, and it will run right into this one. And here we go. Jonathan, our professional chef, part and go. Now let's talk food. One of the big things in learning how to cook and teaching yourself how to cook is you need to learn your food. You need to know what food is and what it does when it's cooking. When you learn what your food is doing while you're cooking it, then that's the most important thing. Learn your meats, learn how long you need to cook them, learn what temperature everything needs to be at. Um, that's step number one, in my opinion. Yes. You know, remember important things like pork and chicken. You have to cook them all the way through. You uh, have to. <laughs> As somebody who, my brother got food poisoning from chicken one time. Uh, I've been it's there. It's not pretty. No, it's not. Um, I, (laughs) I went to a restaurant and it was a, I think it was a wing place, which makes this story so much weirder, but the, Uh like we were ordering something Uh and the two people I was with, they ordered burgers. And so, and then I ordered wings. And so the waitress looked at me and she goes, how would you like those cooked? And I got confused and I'm like, uh, all the way through, please. (laughs) (laughs) And I I was confused because I thought maybe she meant the outside. And she went, okay, I think that's genuinely what she meant. She might have been new. So, yes, chicken, cook all the way through, please. Yeah, my brother got it from IHOP, chicken tenders. Oh, God, it's terrible. Yeah. And, you know, pork, the same way. Pork is almost even more important to cook all the way through. Then chicken. Chicken, you can get salmonella. Salmonella is terrible. Yes. Okay? Pork, you can get something a lot worse uh, if it's not cooked all the way through. Wait, what is it? Um, is it worms? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I was, I was like, why does it seem like it's worms? Okay, gross. Hey, guys, yeah. cook all your cook your food, cook your pork all the way through. Ooh. Yeah. All right. Um, turkey. Turkey has to be cooked all the way through. Again, it's poultry. Even ground turkey. Some people mistake that, and I just want to throw that out. You know, if you're using ground turkey, and if you're one of those people that, you, that wants to use ground turkey instead of ground hamburger meat for everything, which is great, it's healthier, blah, blah, blah. I don't like it. I don't like ground turkey. Mm-hmm. That's just personal, though. Yeah. Um, ground turkey, even if you're making it into a patty because, you know, it still has to be cooked all the way through. It's still turkey. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, hamburger meat, you do, if you're making patties, you do not have to cook it all the way through. But if you're just learning how to cook, I suggest you do it. You know, I work in a burger place and we were one of the few places that still cooks burgers to order. You can order a burger rare, medium rare, medium, whatever. You know, not a lot of places do that anymore. We do because it's, you know, 
it's not trusting the cook, it's trusting the meat. Mm -hmm. And we trust our meat, you know? Um, But know your meats. Know what's going on with them. That's very important. Once you start learning how to cook your meat, then you start to learn how to season them, what tastes good with them, and things like that. Speaking of seasonings, basic seasonings you should have in your house. Salt, pepper. Uh, If you're going to do salt, you can do just plain table salt, but I actually suggest spend a little bit more, get some kosher salt. Hmm. Tastes better. Yeah, agreed. It tastes way better. And I mean, if you really want to go high end, you can get sea salt, but sea salt is really, really overpowering and you're going to put too much in it. I can just promise you that. (laughs) Yes, I have. Because it's not not regular salt. Um, Get some kosher salt. Get some nice, get some uh, black pepper, get some, get a thing of seasoning salt. And guys, a little hint for you with seasonings, whether, uh, whether a container of seasoning costs $5 or $1 makes no difference. Really? It's the same stuff inside. Interesting. With the, with very, very few exceptions. And as first time cooks, you're not going to be buying them. You know, if you're trying to buy cumin, saffron, coriander, stuff like that, yeah, spend the money because <laughs> that's actually a quality thing. Right. But if you're just buying seasoning salt, lemon pepper, Italian seasoning, you can buy you can buy the one dollar one thing as opposed to the five dollar one. Oh, and especially when it's you're gonna, just starting out. Yeah, it's gonna be the same thing. I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, I know. I, I know what I'm doing in the kitchen and I'll spend money on higher quality ingredients. If I go to buy the seasoning, oh yeah, I'm, I'm buying the, you know, the store brand one. It doesn't matter. They're mostly the same, you know? So, uh, good tip. Yeah. See seasoning salt. Um, get a thing of Italian seasoning. It's always good to have around Italian seasoning. All it is, is rosemary, thyme and oregano. Or uh, not rosemary, uh, basil, thyme, and oregano, sorry. Gotcha. It's just, that's all it is in there. Um, It's dried, so it doesn't taste as good as fresh, but it's cheap, it's easy, and it's really good, especially in eggs. If you've never put Italian seasoning in scrambled eggs, try it next time. Uh, Doing that, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, And uh, chili powder. Always have chili powder. Chili powder comes in very, very useful for everything. Uh, buy the cheap one. It's not going to be as spicy. Okay. It's kind of an all-purpose seasoning. Right. Now, if you like spicy stuff, if you like spicy food, buy a higher quality chili powder. And you're going to love it. I put chili powder in just about everything that I cook. It's just kind of an all-purpose seasoning for me. Like some people use paprika and everything, I use chili powder. It just adds a nice little, it adds just a nice little kick to everything. Get some of those. Really, salt and pepper, when you're just learning how to cook, is all you really need, in my opinion. Salt and pepper can season just about everything perfectly. If you, if you, you know, because it's basic. It gives you everything you need. It gives you a little bit of, a little bit of spice, a little bit of smoke, and saltiness. Those are your taste palettes that you need in food. So, random tangent because I just one of those random things I thought about you said salt and pepper Um, I went through a very large period of my life like as I was growing up thinking salt and pepper canceled each other out so if you salted something too much you could just pepper and if you peppered it too much you just add some more salt so that's not how it works guys if any of you believe that that is not how it works you just end up with something that's really salty and really peppery yeah, that that's not how it works at all. Um, but if you do oversalt something too much, you can counterbalance it by putting a little bit of sugar. Ooh, good tip! I like that. I have to check. I have to try just that. A, I I oversalt things. Just a little, a just lot. a little bit of white sugar. I mean, just plain granny, not a lot, <laughs> not a lot, just a little bit. It will help counterbalance it some. Interesting. Um, all right. Now, when you're just starting to learn how to cook. My personal suggestion is to learn uh, three things right off the bat because they're the most – two of them are the, are the most versatile things that you can cook in a kitchen. Learn how to make potatoes 
and learn how to make chicken. Get yourself a bag of chicken, a bag of boneless chicken breasts, and do them like one at a time. Just try them different ways. Um, you know, put them in a skillet. If you want to do a skillet cooked chicken, you know, grab that six inch skillet that I had you buy. <laughs> um, defrost the chicken breast. If you if you buy frozen, which by the way, guys. For chicken, buy the big frozen bags, okay? They taste the same when they're defrosted as the fresh ones, mm. as the ones that are defrosted. You know, you don't have to spend a lot of extra money buying the organic grass-fed <laughs> chicken. There isn't a lot of difference in taste. It's a conscious thing. Yep. That's why they put that on there. I get my, uh, I get mine from uh, Costco. They just have a big old box of individually wrapped uh, chicken mm-hmm. breasts. They're great. Yeah. Yeah. We buy the 10 pound bags from Walmart, you know, boneless, skinless breasts, you know, and if you're starting off cooking, I highly suggest that you start with boneless, skinless breasts. Okay. They're the easiest thing to cook. And when you buy actual bone in chicken, it's a lot more difficult to check to see if it's cooked all the way through. Yes. Work your way up to those. Um, you know, okay, let's say you want to make, let's take an easy meal. Um, chicken breasts, potatoes of some kind, and some vegetables. Nice, simple, basic meal, right? Yes. Um, and I now, you know, I'm suggesting potato as a starch for two reasons. One, I love potatoes. Oh, potatoes are the best. Um, and two, if you learn how to make potatoes... Potatoes are versatile. You can make them in 25 different ways, and all of them are going to be different. You know, you can mash them. You can boil them. You can bake them. them. You can do skin. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad that somebody got that reference. You are welcome. You can scallop potatoes. You you can do anything with potatoes, and they're great. You can change up the recipe. You can put almost any kind of flavor into potatoes, and they're going to taste good. Because potatoes by themselves are amazing. So anything that you add to them, just make it better, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, So defrost that chicken. By the way, proper way to defrost chicken, if it's frozen, get a bowl, get one of those mixing bowls, put a couple of breasts in there, put it under low running cold water and let it flow over the bowl and just leave it running. Do not use hot water. Do not use hot water. Don't use a microwave. Ugh. Don't do any of that. Yes. No hot water, Just, no microwave. Check. Check. Yeah. Put it in a bowl. Let water run over top. It's going to, you're going to be able to thaw out a couple of breaths in about 30 minutes that way. Takes no time at all. Um, take one of those defrosted chicken breasts, throw it in your skillet, put a little bit of butter in there, turn it on, let that butter start to melt. It's going to start to cook. Throw some seasoning on top. Throw some salt, pepper, a little bit of seasoning salt if you want to. Um, And just let it cook in that butter. If the butter starts to run out, throw another pad in there. You know, don't use oil. Use butter. It tastes great. All right? And you don't have to buy real butter. Buy margarine. Hmm. You know, you can buy margarine when you're starting off. I mean, if you want to be fancy, buy some real butter or some salted butter. Salted butter is delicious. I highly recommend it. It's hard to work with because butter is hard. Yes. Um, throw some margarine. Just throw some margarine in there if it starts to run low. It's going to take, a, in a skillet, it's going to take anywhere from six to eight minutes to cook that breast all the way through. After about three minutes, flip it. Cook it for another three minutes. Then pull it off, check it. Um, you know, if you want to check, if you have, if you, you know, if you want to be fancy, if you want to be really, really precise, then, you know, get a meat thermometer. Chicken has to be 165 degrees in the middle. Check it. If not, then just get one of your steak knives and cut it. Cut all the way through it. Look to see if there's any pink left, any at all. Always cut it on the thickest part of the chicken. Mm. 
Yeah, I'm um, I'm a big uh, I'm a big proponent of uh, the the thermometer. I like my numbers, so I just wanted to make. Sh- I always have to check okay. check. Yeah, um, you know, get a meat thermometer. I would recommend getting a digital one personally, because the analog ones, while they still work, um, sometimes they have to be calibrated, and that can if you don't know how to do that, that's going to be a little bit of pain. The digital ones, there's if for some reason you feel that it's out of calibration, there's a button you can hit that recalibrates it for you. Cool. You know, it's pretty simple. Get a digital thermometer. Um, all right. If if you're talking about the temperatures for meat to be done, chicken, 165 degrees. Pork, 155 degrees. By the way, uh, chicken, it's the same. That's turkey as well. Chicken and turkey are both poultry. They both have to be 165 degrees. Beef. Now, for beef to be well done, it should be 145 degrees. But like I said, beef you can cook at a lower temperature if you want to. If you trust where you're getting your meat, then you can do that. If you're just starting off, you're probably not going to be trusting where you're getting your meat because you're going to be getting it like from Walmart or Costco or something. And I don't trust that meat. Oh, interesting. You know, yeah, that makes sense. Just me. That makes sense. It makes sense, though. No, I get it. I get it. It's I don't trust box stores meat. So, you know, if we're cooking hamburgers at home, yeah, I'm cooking it all the way through, even though I don't like my hamburgers that way. I like my hamburgers medium. Now, if I, you know, go to the butcher and get meat, I trust I trust my butcher. So, you know, there yeah. you go. Yeah. You know, I'll trust a butcher. Um but yeah, beef has to be 145. So there you go. Those are the three main temps that you need. I'm not going to tell you about temps for fish because I'm not going to be trying to teach you how to cook fish. Yeah, well, okay. fish is complicated. I'm sorry. May- I can may, maybe we'll do and maybe we can do another one of these and and call it intermediate level. Intermediate, and then we'll do expert level. And then I can teach you some of this some of this more complicated stuff. Um, yeah, you know, potatoes. Take some potatoes. Um, I am partial to red potatoes. But if you want to just buy regular russet brown potatoes, get yourself a, you know, get yourself a bag of them. Or if, you know, if you're living by yourself, you don't need to do that. Just go and pick out a couple of nice ones. Yeah. You know, uh, they're going to want to, you're going to want them pretty firm. Don't want them. If they're too soft, do not buy them. If you can push your finger into them in any way, don't you want them firm yeah. and, if they've, them and if they've started kind of growing smaller potatoes on the side of them also yeah. no <laughs> also don't buy them yes take them clean them just run them under some water and rub, run your hands all over them all you're doing is washing that dirt off you don't need to scrub them you don't want to take all that stuff off the skin that skin is the best part yeah it is um if you want skinless, like if you want to make mashed potatoes, then obviously you have to skin them. But a simple way to cook potatoes, just take them, grab your cutting board, grab your knife, cut them carefully, cut them in half, then cut them in half, and then just cut them in little cubes, basically. Take your saucepan, put some water in there, throw them in there, put them on the boil, put a little bit of salt in, salt in the water. You're going to boil it. Once they start boiling, you're going to boil them for probably 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Take them out and drain them. They're going to be soft. You can mush them up with your fork with some butter or some sour cream or some ranch or some barbecue sauce, whatever you want to put on top. That's the great thing about boiled potatoes. You know, you don't have to do anything to them. You just serve them and everybody can make them how they want to. It's basically a quick and easy way to make a baked potato. Oh, that sounds because so baked good. Because <laughs> baked potatoes, baked potato, you're just going to kind of mash up inside anyway. Yeah. It's the same concept, but it takes no time at all. If you want to make baked potato, baked potatoes are easy too. Wrap it in some foil, put it in the oven at 400 degrees for 45 minutes. Done. Done. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to check it. Set a timer for 45 minutes. Pull it out. It's probably going to be done unless you got a bigger potato and then just check. If it's soft, it's done. If not, put it back in for another five minutes. Potatoes are easy. They're hard to mess up. 
You know, that's the great thing about them. And even if you do mess them up, they're still usually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, get some vegetables. Buy frozen vegetables. Don't buy fresh vegetables. Not if you don't know what you're doing, because you're just going to waste them. Yeah, been there. You know, been there. <laughs> just buy some bags of frozen vegetables. Uh, you know, buy a bag of corn. Put it in that saucepan I told you about. Put a little bit of water in there and some butter and some seasoning of some kind. Salt, pepper, Italian seasoning, doesn't matter. Turn it on. Let it cook on low. Just keep stirring it. it once it actually heats up, it only takes about 10 minutes to cook. And they're going to be delicious. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Broccoli's the same way. Broccoli. Any vegetable, that's how I cook it. I put it in a saucepan because I usually buy frozen vegetables because I just don't have the time to mess with fresh vegetables right. all the time. Right. You know, and it's way more expensive. A, it's way more expensive yeah. to buy a bunch of fresh. Yeah. Just buy some frozen vegetables. All of, it, all of them that you buy, you can cook the same way. You know, if you really want to do it a really simple way, you can even cook them in the microwave. Put them in a bowl, a microwave-safe bowl. <laughs> More exploding I I, dishes. I guess I should interject on that just real quick. Do not put metal in a microwave, people. Yep, no tinfoil, no spoons, no forks, no knives. Yeah. Oh, God. Starting things on um, fire, blowing up your microwave, all fun stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, put them in a bowl with a little bit of water, put it in the microwave for five minutes. It's going to cook them. It's going to cook your vegetables. Put, oh, put a lid on it. Put a plate over top of them. They're not going to taste as good, but they're going to be cooked. I mean, sometimes you're no. in a hurry. You just got to make microwave yeah. vegetables sometimes. Get in, get out, and on mm -hmm. your way. So, um, You know, just personal suggestion. I don't like canned vegetables. I, I, I don't ever buy them, mm -hmm. you know, with very few exceptions. There's one company that makes really good canned vegetables, and that's Glory Brand. Oh. I don't know if you have. I don't know if you have those where you're from. I, I don't, don't know where you are. I'm in um, Ohio, but no, uh, oh, I don't think okay. I've ever seen those. No. Glory, if you ever see Glory Brand canned vegetables, buy some. They're amazing. They make. They do green. They do southern stuff. They do greens. They do skillet, uh, skillet corn and green beans. Ooh, that Their cool. greens are the only good canned greens that there are in existence, you know, um, frozen vegetables are just better. They're easier to work with. They don't taste as good as fresh vegetables, but fresh vegetables are kind of a pain to try to cook because they take a long time, yeah. <laughs> you know, and especially getting them right. Like I've, I can't tell you how many times I've served just like mushy fresh vegetables. And then, so you're just like, okay, oh. so I've spent the money on this and now we're eating mush. So mm -hmm. we'll add uh, we'll add fresh vegetable cooking to the intermediate podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and but you know there you go. You got a nice meal of chicken, potatoes, and some vegetables. That sounds that, took you, that sounds awesome. You know, you know if you if you get everything going, that a meal like that will take you twenty minutes, maybe twenty five minutes to do from start to finish. And honestly, like chicken. With some veg with some vegetables that have like some butter and some seasoning on it, and then maybe some fancy mashed potatoes that have like a little bit of that. Um, I've known some people they put in like the ranch, uh, the powder that you would use for making a dip, putting a little bit of yeah. that in there, and that's really uh, super ranch. fancy. Like I mean, if if you're trying to impress a lady, guys, and you're wanting to cook, that's there's a 20 minute meal. It's awesome. It's delicious, and everyone loves it. In and yeah. out on your way, or women mm -hmm. that are trying to do that too. Just no, but. Because everybody likes chicken. Yeah. Everybody likes potatoes, you know. Uh, rice is also very, very easy. Starches are important, guys. All right? Starches are important. There's three main starches that you're going to be dealing with most of the time. You're going to either gonna, you're gonna have rice, you're going to have potatoes, and you're going to have pasta. Now, our household, we do a lot of beans, but that's because, you know, we – we were raised on Mexican food, so mm -hmm. we do a lot of, like, refried beans. Oh, yeah. You know, I make refried beans from scratch. Oh, this is um, awesome. 
<laughs> so hungry. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's definitely advanced level. That took it took me a while to learn how to make refried meat. Oh yeah, from I've, scratch. I've never even tried that. That's definitely elite level. Um, yeah, it's it's actually it's actually a lot harder than it seems like it would be. Um, uh, yeah, you know. We don't we don't do a lot of pasta in our house, but that's just because me and my brother both worked at an Italian restaurant for like <laughs> two and a half, three years, yep. and we got we got burned out on pasta. That makes sense. But guys, pasta is easy. Pasta is really, really easy. You literally just buy some pasta and follow the directions on the back. And they're usually I'm the not, same directions. Yeah, fill fill pot with water. Boil. I'm I'm not even going to tell you. I'm like, I don't even have to explain to you. Literally look on the back. It's going to tell you how to do it. Uh, do not listen to a lot of the things that flood around on the internet. Do not put oil in the water. Do not. Because what that does is it drains that it strips the pasta of its natural coating hmm. and it's not going to hold sauce. You don't have to put anything in the water. Uh, if you want to, you can put a little bit of salt in the water. I was going to say, where did you land on the salted water thing? I know that there, some, yeah. there's either salted water or no salted water. There's two camps. So, okay, I was curious. I I don't personally, if I'm making pasta of any kind, uh, I don't put salt in the water because I, you know, I, I'm just going to let the sauce speak for itself. Yep. You know, um, but literally, you just you you boil water and you put it in there and you cook it for eight minutes. Almost all pasta that you buy is going to be eight to ten minutes is how long it takes. Um, take whatever it says on the package and reduce it by one minute. That's my advice. <laughs> also, be also because yeah, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Pasta is always better to cook al dente which is going to be a little bit less than well done, and the reason for that is. Let's say you're making spaghetti. Mm -hmm. You cook that spaghetti just a little bit undercooked. When you put the hot spaghetti sauce on top, it's going to cook it the rest of the way by the time you sit down and eat. Same way with like lasagna. If you're making lasagna, cook it al dente because it's going to cook the rest of the way in the oven. Yeah. Everything. You're putting something hot on top of the pasta after you pull it off the stove. It's going to cook it the rest of the way. If you cook it all the way, it's going to be mushy. Yeah, I've eaten a lot of mushy mess spaghetti in my time. Um, mm -hmm. And then my advice on that fine. one is because I am I am the queen of doing this. If you buy a single box of spaghetti, that should serve about four people if you all have really hungry appetites. I always make enough spaghetti noodles to feed an army, and there's only mm -hmm. like two of us. So whatever you think you need, half it, and then go from there. Because I yeah. always end up with more noodles than I know what to do with. Um, a pretty good uh, a pretty good rule of thumb for spaghetti, at least, is um, about a dime size. About no, sorry, uh, yeah, a dime size worth a dime size amount worth of spaghetti. A full noodles. If you're cooking your noodles full length, mm -hmm. which you should, will feed about one person. Oh. An average person, right? Um, if you if you get a quarter size um, amount of spaghetti, like you know, holding that holding it like in your fingers, that'll feed about that that should feed about two to three people, depending on their appetites. Cool. Um, or you just do what I do and just take a handful and put it in, and then have a bunch of leftovers because guys, leftovers are good. Oh, leftover spaghetti is the best. Leftovers are a good thing. If oh, yeah. you if you're con if you're concerned that you're making too much food when you're trying to learn how to cook something, don't be. Make too much food. Oh, yeah. Leftovers are good because that that you know, and that's something that I will discuss here in a little bit. Why leftovers are good. Um, now, meat. Take some hamburger meat, put it in a skillet. Take a pound of hamburger meat, put it in a skillet. Grab, uh, grab one of those wooden spoons that I told you about. Start stirring it around. You're going to make some ground hamburger meat. Ground hamburger meat is incredibly versatile. It's universal. You can do anything with it. 
make a casserole with it, make some tacos with it, uh, throw some sloppy Joe mix in there and grab some hamburger buns and you got sloppy Joe's. Oh, sloppy That's Joe's. always a good meal. A good manwich. I love it. Yes. Oh, you're a manwich person. Yes. I see. Yes. Uh, I'm all about Del Monte personally. All right. All there right. There you go. All right. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, make casserole with it. Let's get into casseroles. Casseroles are... Casseroles are incredibly easy to learn how to do. Um, something that you should already have in your house if you're learning how to cook. And if you don't, if you're if you're listening to this right now and you're living there and you don't have this in your house, go buy some. Go buy some cream soups. Ooh. Cream of celery, cream of mushroom, cream of onion, cream of whatever. Cream of mushroom and cream of celery are the two big ones, I think. A lot of people like cream of mushroom soup. I'm not as big on it. I like using cream of celery. I think it has a better flavor, okay. personally. Okay. Cream of chicken. Buy some cream of chicken soup. That's a good one to have, too. Because those things, you're going to use them for everything, you know? It's like, you know, yeah, it's a white person staple, whatever. It doesn't matter. They're delicious. And you throw them in with some meat and some pasta and you got a good, you got a good casserole. Take some, get some egg noodles, boil some egg noodles. Like I said, follow the directions. They're there for a reason. <laughs> Take that hamburger meat. After you drain the noodles, remember to drain the noodles, grab that Dutch oven pot that I told you about. Put them in there. Put some cream of celery soup in there. Put a can of cream mushroom. Grab one can of each. Put a pound of hamburger meat in there. Get some fr- get some corn or some broccoli or even some peas would also work. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Put them in there. You don't even you don't even have to cook them. Just throw them in there frozen. If if it's too thick, add a little bit of water to it. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can add a little bit of milk. I wouldn't suggest that. Just stick with water for now. Yeah. Um, put a little bit of salt and pepper in there. Mix that all up. Now throw some shredded cheese in there. Put that on the stove. Let it kind of simmer. You're going to put it on a low temperature. Put it on like two or three on your stove. Let it simmer for a little while. It's going to heat that soup up. It's going to start to cook those vegetables. Give it about mm, 10 minutes on that. Okay. Now, right. take it off. Everything's already cooked. Everything's already cooked in there. Now you take some more shredded cheese and put it on top and stick it under the broiler in your oven. Ooh. Let that cheese crisp on top. Pull it out. You got a beautiful casserole. Serve it with tortillas. You can serve it with some garlic toast. Uh, serve it with just regular toast. Serve it with some rolls. Serve it with anything. Put kind of put some kind of bread with it. Mm. It's always good to have a side of bread when you're making a meal. Rolls, biscuits. Tor- we we eat a lot of tortillas in our house. Mm-hmm. Um, and there you go. You got a casserole, and you're going to have leftovers because anytime you make a casserole, again, you're using pasta. You're going to have a lot of leftovers, and those leftovers are great. Heat them up the next day. Yeah. Um, I will say my random, uh, bit of information here is like, if you use your broiler to crisp up your cheese, never walk away from your stove when your broiler's on. No. Um, we make, and put it on, yeah. put it on the bottom shelf guys. Yeah. Um, I'm, we make a, uh, candied yams for Thanksgiving and ours mm-hmm. involves the, like, um, the mini marshmallows that go on top. And the last step is to put the broiler on broiler. so that they, get a little nice and brown and crispy and my mom has definitely set the stove on fire before because marshmallows just go so it's because they're full of air yeah they're full of oxygen and they're sugar so they so they burn pretty uh but anyway yes okay so casserole we got a casserole we got pasta we've got a chicken dinner like honestly guys Uh. if you can make any of those things if you can start doing Uh. any of those you're you're sitting pretty Casseroles are great. Casseroles are really simple. Most casseroles are made with a vegetable of some kind, 
a pasta of some kind, usually egg noodles, and choose a meat to put in it. It almost doesn't matter. You know, if you want to put chicken into a casserole, you can. Yeah. Use cr- just use cream of chicken soup instead of cream mushroom because cream mushroom and chicken doesn't always go together. In my opinion, yeah. You know, uh, it's just going to taste a little bit better, a little bit smoother. You know, cut the chicken up, mix it in there the same. Uh, if you want something that's a little bit more, you know, Mexican Southwest inspired, take some ground hamburger meat some rice by the way guys nothing to be embarrassed about about bag rice (laughs) buy bag rice bag rice is easy you boil water you put it in there again eight minutes done pull it off drain it um you know hell buy minute rice it doesn't matter oh yeah it's all good unless you have a rice cooker don't buy regular rice because you're you're not going to be able to cook it, okay? You're just going to mess it up. You know, <laughs> I still use bag rice because I, I I can't cook regular rice. I've tried. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's I see. I have I I got a I got a really nice rice cooker, and it was definitely one of those. Mm. I just do that, and then I cook my rest of my food while the rice cooker's going. And I, if I had to make it on the pot, I just I'd have lost my mind already. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, hamburger meat, some rice, get some uh, get some nice Mexican style stewed tomatoes, mix that all together, and throw some peppers on top. Ooh. Get like some jalapeno peppers and cut them up, throw them on top. Boom. That sounds really good. Nice little. That's that was one of my mom's favorite casseroles to make. We made that all the time, or my dad's favorite casseroles to make. You know. Yeah. We used to make that all the time. I, you had that with tortillas. Oh, I, so good. I could see how that would be a favorite in everyone's yeah. house. Um, so good and so easy. You know, if somebody doesn't like spicy stuff, it's okay. It's not super spicy because, you know, I mean, yeah, you can put some jalapenos on top, but you put them on there raw, they're not going to be super hot because they're just going to be sitting on top. Yeah, it's great. Move them to the side. If you want it spicier, throw some hot sauce on there. Boom. Yeah. Boom. And and the great thing about cooking, and I think this is the part that gets really daunting to some people, is that cooking is not an exact science. No, it's like, not. So like, like with what you said with the casserole, like you can just start throwing stuff in. Like that's basically mm-hmm. – um, that's one of my favorite things about owning a crock pot is that I'll just oh, – I mean you just throw a bunch of stuff in there. Like look up Crock-Pot recipes, guys, or heck, I might yeah. post a bunch. Um, they're literally open these five things, put them in your Crock-Pot, come back eight hours later, you have a beautiful stew. Um, yeah. Like, like baking, baking is an exact science. Baking, everything yeah. has to be this, this, this because it has to cook a certain way. Cooking is long – like cooking on your stove, cooking on the grill and the oven, stuff like that, as long as you get everything cooked all the way through – you can experiment. If you like certain yeah. things, throw them on in there. That's the most liberating thing about cooking. Yeah. And uh, I, you know, I, I do recommend a slow cooker of some kind. Either get a slow cooker or get a crock pot. Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're amazing. They're great because, like you said, you literally just take all the ingredients and you put them in there. Oh, yeah. And then you turn it on and you leave it. You know, you can cook a whole chicken in one of those things. You just put it in there and put some some sort of liquid in there. Oh, yeah. Put some flavoring. Turn it on. It does the work for you. You know, the uh, thing the thing that I that a lot of people need to know about cooking, in my opinion, is number one, you can do it. Don't be scared of it. Get in there. Buy some stuff. Start doing it. Yeah. You're going to learn as you go. You know, people can teach you the basics of how to do things. And I think those are important. You know, learn, like I said, learn how to cook all the different kinds of meat. You know, buy some meat, cook it, you know, get some pork chops, get some beef, get some steaks if you want to, you know, get some chicken, learn how to cook it. You don't have to worry about necessarily at first about 
how to flavor it. Just know how to cook it first. That's the most important thing. Learn how to cook it to where it's going to be cooked all the way through. It's not going to be burnt. Yeah. And, and that's step one. And the other thing I want to make sure that is stressed is that, I mean, I've, I'm not, I'm by no means a pro at cooking. I do a lot of the cooking at, here, I do a lot of stuff. I love potlucks because I like bringing different foods. I like doing all that stuff. I burn my fair share of things. I undercook things on accident. I've, well, I've dropped things. So mistakes happen constantly. There is at no point, you will never meet anyone that just doesn't ruin things from time to time. Yeah. So don't be discouraged the first time you like completely fricassee something. It's just the learning curve. And then, you know, once you learn how to, once you know how to cook meat without messing it up, then you work on flavors. And that's the great thing. Once you know how to do it, then you just experiment. Once you learn the basics of cooking, the rest of it is the fun part. Oh, yeah. Because then you're just like, okay, what kind of flavors do I like? Let's start mixing stuff. Let's start throwing stuff on. Let's see how it tastes. And then you make it. If it tastes good, then okay, you've got something new. If it tastes terrible, then guess what? You learned something. Yeah, and it's great. And that's important. It's amazing. Make mistakes. It's important to learn the basics of everything. Learn the basics of meat. Learn the basics of starches. Like I said, learn how to cook potatoes. Learn the basics of cooking potatoes. And then you can experiment from there. You know, bake them. Start experimenting with mashed potatoes. Um, I do a lot of tw- I do a I do a twice baked potato that mm. is amazing. Uh, it's my brother's favorite thing that I cook. Oh, that sounds you know, oh, that sounds so good. I love twice baked potatoes. I make it with that meatloaf that I told you about earlier. Ooh. I put them together. You know, that that that's one of our favorite meals. That's a meal that I make a lot in this house because it's easy, you know. Um, you know, learn how to cook your vegetables. After that, you just start picking and choosing different things, you know. You know make a ham make a make a couple of nice hamburger patties, throw them in that skillet, get some flavor in there, make a potato with it, and then you make a vegetable and you have a meal. Once you know all the individual things, then you just do them all at the same time, you know? Oh, that all sounds... And there you go. <laughs> I'm like that's, drooling all over that, myself right now. Oh. That's a meal. That's all it takes. Yeah. You know? I mean, just throw... It's so simple. Like throw a protein, a starch, uh-huh. and a veggie on a plate, your meal. Yes. There it is. It's, Guess, it's, it's deceptively simple sometimes. Yeah. The, you know, the hardest part is learning the basics. After that, then you're just experimenting with flavors, you know, and experimenting with different stuff. Maybe mixing different kind of, maybe mixing stuff together that maybe, you know, you're like, well, you know, maybe these go together. Maybe they don't. Let's find out. It's <laughs> you know? great. And that's the fun thing. You know, a kitchen is basically a mad scientist laboratory. Yes. But it's not super dangerous. I mean, it sometimes you is, know, but well, not you know, always. <laughs> you know, the most, the worst thing, you know, I mean, Grant, barring any major catastrophes, the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to make something that doesn't taste good. Yeah. And then you just spit it out, throw it out, and start over. Yep. I, I, definitely, <laughs> inher- I definitely inherited something from my dad. I used to give him a hard time about it. But whenever he would hand you a plate of food, he would start apologizing before you even ate it. Like he would be like, "Oh, I'm sorry. There's there's just too much salt in this," and I do that constantly. Like it looks perfect. If you handed it to someone and I said nothing, they'd be completely content. But I know that I didn't put as much salt as I wanted to, or I know that it doesn't look the way I had it in my head. So I've already started apologizing. Don't, guys, take a tip from me. Don't apologize when you hand someone food. <laughs> They're yeah. happy. They're happy you're feeding them. They're just happy. Exactly. And that's the great thing about cooking is you get to feed people. Yes. And, you know, you, you learn how to cook. You know, if you want to start teaching yourself how to cook, here's a tip for you. Don't tell anybody that you're teaching yourself how to cook. Learn how to cook. Learn how to make something great. And, you know, cookbooks can be your best friend. 
Yes. Okay. Get your, if you know, look up recipes or if you want to do it old school, the one that I recommend, it's one of the few cookbooks that I actually own because I, I, I just don't use cookbooks, mm-hmm. you know, better homes and gardens cookbook. Ooh. It's fantastic. It's, it's basic. It's simple. It has recipes for anything that you could possibly want in it. Get yourself a cookbook, but here's the, here's the important thing. Don't rely on that cookbook. Use recipes, but also learn how to not need them. Yes. Use recipes when you're beginning, because it's going to teach you basic things like cooking time, what's going to taste good with what some flavors go better with meat or some flavors will go better with beef than they will with chicken, you know, things like that. But get to a point where you don't need them anymore. Get to a point where you can put that cookbook away and you're not going to need it. Yeah. I mean, once you get... That's the important thing. I mean, if you get three or four things that you're comfortable making for yourself, mm-hmm. you can kill, you can feed yourself all week. And it's yeah. just like, okay, I make these. And I, dinner is such a great one to be able to like repeat meals. I mean, I have tacos every Tuesday. That's what I ate before we started talking. <laughs> So yeah. it's like, it's taco Tuesday. That's what I make. I make real simple tacos and that's what we eat. And I have no shame in that. And sometime yeah. during the week I make spaghetti. Everything else is kind of a uh, up for grabs. So. Mm-hmm. And you know, once you learn how to cook, then you can tell people and you tell them by inviting people over and cooking for them. It's the best feeling in the world. Oh, it really when is. When you get to feed, when you get to give somebody a great meal. You know, that's what I do when we have friends over. I cook when people come over. You know? Yeah. I love doing it. I cook when we go over to other people's house. Oh, yeah. Oh, see, I. It doesn't matter. I got, yeah, I got asked what holiday I wanted because we've gotten to the point where the family started coming to us and I jumped on Thanksgiving faster than anyone knew what to do with themselves. Cause I'm like, I want to be the person that cooks all of Thanksgiving and I've done it oh. three years now, I think. And it's my favorite. I love it. It's amazing. It's stressful. Oh, see, I, oh God. I, I, I can't do, I can't do Thanksgiving because I don't like cooking turkeys. Ah, I, I'm not a big fan of turkey in general. Right. You know, it's just, you know, it's not my thing as much, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, I get it. And I, I don't like cooking turkeys. I can, don't get me wrong, I don't like doing it. They take too long, they're too precise. Yeah. You know? It's really... I like making ham for Thanksgiving. Ooh, That's my thing. Spiral, spiral, spiral cut honey baked ham, the best. Yeah. Uh, oh. You can do honey. Um, okay. I do something different. I, I I've made one... Before and I used uh, pineapple juice, brown sugar, and a uh, nice uh, like a blonde beer Ooh. in it. You know, like an amber beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make a nice, make a nice little reduction sauce and put that on. It gives you the sweetness, but it also gives you some pineapple flavor. And then you put some, uh, I put some pineapple chunks and uh, maraschino cherries right on top. Good lord, that sounds amazing. I like ham. I get it. I get it. That's, I would like ham too if I was eating that. So that makes sense. (laughs) That's a good one, you know, and you know that. So, but you know, yeah. Surprise people. Yeah. And see, once you make them a meal, once you start cooking stuff like that. Yeah. And with the, um, the crock pot thing, going back to that, if, uh, you work in an office like I do, if you can learn to make one awesome thing in a crock pot, you are the hero. People request it. If you just show yep. up with it, everyone applauds. Like it's it's so easy to make people happy in an office setting like that. But if you have something that they love in a crock pot, you will be asked to make it. You will be known for making that. And it's it's just it's a very good feeling. It's a very nice, warm, yeah. fuzzy feeling. Oh my gosh. Uh, I used to you know, I, I worked in I've worked in two nursing homes mm-hmm. um, in the dietary department. And one of the first ones that I worked, one of the first nursing home that I worked at, you know, I was there for probably two years and they would occasionally have, you know, off, they would occasionally have parties in there, you know, usually like around Christmas and holidays and stuff. And it would be in the break room and everybody would bring food. Well, the first year I was there, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'll bring something, 
you know, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I didn't know everybody as well, though I knew them better than I probably should have had out considering I'd only been there for three months yeah. because my mom worked there as well. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so that's how I knew the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I made, I just made some uh, queso dip. I make a really good queso dip with sausage and, you know, fresh tomatoes and stuff like that, you know, and I made that in the crock pot and took it in. Everybody loved it. They demanded that I make it every time. <laughs> and even years after I didn't work there, I would still get asked if I would make it and ha- and let my mom bring it in. That's fantastic. You know, my mom would come home from work and, you know, she'd be like, um, they're having an office party next week. They're, you know, they're having a party next week, our Christmas party. And somebody asked if you would make some dip and send it with me. I'm like, I don't work there anymore. <laughs> you don't own me. I'm like, come on. Like, I gave one of the nurses the recipe for it just because I'm like, will you learn how to make this so they'll stop bugging me? (laughs) If you make something. I don't give, I don't ever give recipes away. Yeah. That's, you know, like, I'm just like, would you stop asking me? So there you go. It's also a cautionary tale. If you make something so good, they will track you down and find you. Yes, they will. All right. um, I guess. One last thing that I that I just want to discuss, and this could be considered more intermediate level. Okay, go for it. I guess. Go for it. But um, I'm going to throw it out there because if you're learning how to cook, then you should maybe try to learn how to work with one of these earlier. And this is a cast iron skillet. Mm. Cast iron skillet is your best friend in the world, and you don't know it yet because you haven't started cooking yet. Cast iron skillets are pretty much the best thing that you can have in a kitchen. Uh, I have, I only have one at the moment. Um, and it's a smaller one. Mm-hmm. I use it to make cornbread mainly. Um, I want to get, I want to get a, a, a bigger one, you know, but cast iron skillets are, they will last you a lifetime. Uh, the one that I have, I believe is from like the fifties. Mm. Wow. Yeah. They last forever. Um, once you learn how to cook with one, you will never look back to anything else. Now, here's the thing, though. There, you can't just buy one and start cooking with it. No. You have to prepare it. You have to season it. You have to know how to clean it. Um, and you have to know how to re-season it after you clean it. You know? Yeah. But if you want to go that route... I suggest picking one up. You're going to be paying a little bit for it. I'm going to warn you guys ahead of time. Cast iron is not cheap, but it's worth every penny that you spend on it. A small cast iron skillet will probably run you $30 to $40 maybe. It's worth it, trust me. Um, Especially a little six-inch one, it's the perfect size to make cornbread in. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's, you know, like that's the main thing that I use mine for. Um, and I also use to make eggs, you know, if I'm making eggs for myself, um, you're going to need to, you know, you can look up online how to season and how to clean and how to clean a cast iron skillet. You know, when you buy one brand new, the first thing that you're going to want to do is you're going to, you're going to want to turn your oven up to about 400 degrees, 350, 400 degrees and put it in there and leave it for a couple of hours. Because you you want it, you have to cook it for a while. Right. You're gonna pull it out, use a hot pad, because their cast iron is literally all metal. These are important things to remember. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You don't want to burn your hand on a cast iron skillet. Um, it does not feel good. Back to our yeah, back to our Dutch oven conversation. The the Dutch oven I have is a um is from IKEA and it's like an all stainless steel one. It's it's shaped like a little UFO oh. thing. It's very strange. Um, but you know, I, I, I always do, I like to cook, um, the Julia Child's bouffe bourguignon. Um, and that involves cooking it on the stove, then putting it in the, into the oven for a while, then putting it back on the stove. Um, once I've taken it out of the oven and put it back on the stove, I cannot tell you, I think it's every single time I make it, I go to move it off the, uh, burner and I forget that it's been in the oven so that the handles are hot every time, every single time. Mm, yep i i feel you there so so yes so make sure you're not grabbing hot pads just hot pads guys let's add that to the list of things you're going to need 
All right, so that's a bunch of awesome information, like a lot, like a lot of information. And it's, it's cool because, you know, like I said, I cook a lot. And so I actually learned a lot from you. So this, everyone can learn from all of these, even from basics. You realize that you didn't know some stuff. Uh, So thank you so much for being here. This is awesome. Oh, no problem. Oh gosh, this was great. Excellent. Okay. Well, Hey, tell, where can everyone find you? Just rattle it all off for you. Um, we are, you know, me and my brother at the Sons of the Renaissance podcast. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, I believe we, we are also on the iHeartRadio, um, app. Uh, we are not on Google play yet. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> we're working on that. Um, uh, you can find us, uh, we, uh, you can find us on Twitter at, uh, Sons of the Renaissance. Uh, our email is Sons of the Renaissance, uh, pod at gmail.com uh you can find us on facebook sons of the renaissance you can uh and you can get a link from there to our to me and my brother's personal pages uh if you want to um and you know like i said we do you know mostly nerd culture stuff we talk about movies a lot we talk about video games sometimes we'll talk about current events we basically just talk about whatever kind of tickles our fancy um for that particular week that we decide to record you know (laughs) if we see something on the news and we're like you know we should talk about that (laughs) and so we do (laughs) you know uh, so uh you can find us at all those places i hope that you'll give us a listen um and abby i hope that uh maybe we'll have you on our sometime oh oh if we want to talk nerd stuff i'm on board for talking nerd stuff (laughs) oh yeah well, you know, I mean, that's pretty much all we do. So, yes, absolutely. We will have you on sometime. All right. uh, I will I will keep in contact with you about what our topics are going to be. If any of them tickle your fancy, feel free. We love having people on. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. All right. So. And there you have it, everybody. The thrilling conclusion to our two-part series, How to Cook. Now, obviously... That is not everything, and we could have talked for four hours and not even scratched the surface of cooking, but I really think that last week's episode and this week's episode should, combined, give you a little bit of confidence to starting out. Now, there's a thousand recipes, and you can start there, you can do your own thing, but yeah, just, if you want to start, just try. Try what we were talking about, you know, have one meat, a vegetable, and a starch. You really kind of can't go wrong if you're combining them. I mean, I've had fried rice with fried chicken and just green beans. You know, it doesn't seem like the, the a right meal, but it works. Sometimes you just want to eat. And that's the beauty about being an adult. You can eat anything you want. No one's going to stop you from having a Caesar salad, a bunch of ribs, and egg rolls. No one's going to stop you from doing those things. The only thing that's standing between you and awesome meal planning is you. Ah, the secret to being an adult. Isn't it wonderful? So join me next week. Have a very awesome show lined up. It's the start of what I hope to be the, like, B-roll episodes of this show, where I'll be talking to people with awesome, cool jobs and how they got to where they are. So next week, I am talking to a Twitch streamer. She does it full-time. And about how she got to where she is. Yeah, it's really, I'm very excited for this. And again, if you have a cool job or you know someone with a cool job or you have a cool job that you would like me to investigate, let me know. And how can you let me know these things? Let me tell you. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, alarming proclamations you would like to make to me, you can email me, learntoadult at gmail.com. You can also get a hold of me on Twitter at learntoadult. I do have a Pinterest page, a Tumblr page, and an Instagram. You can also follow me there if you would like, at LearnToAdult. If you are listening to me on some sort of podcasting device, such as iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play Music, make sure that you subscribe, and if you could throw me a rating, that would be fantastic. The more ratings I get, the more people see my wonderful words, and the better interviews I can line up. If they see all the great reviews, they're like, man i got to be on this podcast. This girl sounds awesome. All right. So if you want to get a hold of me, go ahead. If you have any questions, comments, and concerns, email me, tweet me, shout into the void. I'm sure I will hear you. I will talk to you guys next week. See ya.